Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. And so we simply begin by taking a deep breath to be inspired by all the oxygen provided by the divine for us as humanity. And I know that God is. God is light, love, and wisdom. As the most high, God spoke its words of creation wisely. Let there be light. For without light, how could humans see their way through their not so illumined path? God gave light to everyone, every sentient being, from which learning takes place. God created light through love and wisdom. I am a child of God, part of its creation. And all that God is, is available to me, never forced, yet gentle and repetitive until illumination occurs. My truth is the truth for all who can hold its mystery in their heart. And so I claim for myself and all of humanity now listening, the incredible lightness of spirit moving in as and through our individual and collective life experiences. I claim both illumination and lightness of being that comes from divine love and wisdom. I claim the light, love, and wisdom of spirit as truth for all who touch it from within. I am grateful knowing that spirit's light lifts us as our spiritual as spiritual beings having a human experience. I am grateful to feel the effects of divine love and wisdom moving in as and through all things that are mine to do and experience. I am grateful to feel the light illuminating my daily practices with intention and its wisdom. I am grateful for the light experienced by everyone who takes part in expressing their own ideas of gratitude with love. And so I speak these words of truth into the law that we may remember the source of our illumination in our lives that is our life. I call this good, and so it is. This whole month, we've been looking at the theme of breathe in the view with the idea of rising higher and breathing in a more expanded view. And today we're going to kind of transition from that into next month. And we're gonna look at the idea of prepare for the light. Prepare for the light. You know, this is the season when many religions and many spiritual traditions and earth traditions all celebrate light. And we oftentimes view light as that source as that wisdom within, you know, the ancients used to worship the sun as a god. 
And so humanity has been called to light. Just there's a core within us that calls us to that. And so we're celebrating at this time of year light, not as the bright sunny days of summer where light is easy to find and all over the place, day in and day out, you know, you know, if you're in the right climate, almost clear all the way through the night. But we're celebrating it in the cold and the darkness and the gathering darkness of winter, when light seems to be waning and darkness seems to be growing. When And the question is, the challenge, the this, this spiritual question within this is, can we remember the light when we're walking in the dark? Can we see the light? When we're walking in the dark. Uh, Howard Thurman, who is a wonderful spiritual mystic, um, uh, African-American mystic in, in America, wrote uh, that we, we walk in the light, uh, in the radiance of remembered light. We walk in the radiance of remembered light. Can we do that? Because sometimes it seems so dark around us that we can't necessarily see the light, but we remember the light that has fed us, the light that we have been taken in and has become part of our cells, cells, part of our bodies. So we're looking at this at this time. And while there's an earth and, and a religious, there's an aspect of this that's based on earth, and there's an aspect of this that's based on religious stories and religious figures, there's an underlying spirituality to this honoring of light in this time of darkness in all of those ceremonies. And so light has long symbolized spirit and understanding. And as we celebrate these festivals of light that are happening throughout this time of year, this month, month and a half, it, it, uh, it kind of began with the Hindu festival of Diwali earlier this month. Uh, tomorrow we begin the Jewish festival of, of Hanukkah. Uh, on December 8th, we have the enlightenment of the Buddha, Bodhi Day. Uh, and, and of course, towards the end of the month, we have the pagan uh, solstice and we have Christmas. And we recognize the spiritual component of each, the deep spiritual component of each. Light illuminates dark places, both outer, all around us, and inner spaces. It supports clarity, which invites wisdom so we can walk our path with greater ease and greater certainty. Any of us who have ever tried to walk through a path, whether it's in our you know, house or whether it's out in the woods in the dark, knows that light is a whole lot uh, easier. When the place is light, it's a whole lot easier to find our way. And so in this season, when the appearance of greater darkness, and, and I don't want to diss darkness because darkness can be our, our wonderful, deep, creative self, the, the unknown, the deep within. And there's definitely times to play in that. But we also, if we're paying attention, value the light. The healthiest way is to walk through with a balance of those two going on. And of course, like everything else in life, balance is not a static state where it's just here I am, I've arrived, it's there. No, it's a, it's a flowing, moving back and forth uh, kind of thing. But as we focus on this light at this time, it helps us to value the light more. The darkness helps us to value the light more. It's been said that we need the darkness to see the stars. We need the darkness to see the stars. And we can acknowledge the seeming rebirth of light. You know, in, in the solstice tradition, it was considered the death and then rebirth of the sun was what was happening. 
So we acknowledge the seeming rebirth of the light, but it's a light that's always present. It's always present. See, the thing is, in, in, in Earth terms, we have turned away from the light. That's the only reason it seems darker, is because as a planet, we have moved away, or parts of the planet have moved closer. It's a light from which we have turned away. So let us use this metaphor to examine our own relationship with light in our lives. In all traditions, there's a preparation. There's a preparation for interaction with the light. You know, in the Hebrew Bible, God tells, tells the people, don't look at me directly, lest you'll die. In the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna uh, is overwhelmed by his vision of Krishna as God. The Gautama Siddhartha, the, the Buddha, spends five years as a mendicant uh, in, in deep, deep you know, practice before he is ready to perceive the Buddha mind. And, and embody the Buddha mind. In the allegory of Plato's cave, people dragged out into the light or at first blinded by the light and are tempted to return, to run back in because it's safer and at least they know how to operate there. And several, several of these preparation for light ceremonies, perhaps almost all of them, involve some form of a cleaning or clearing out. Whether that's an external around you or an internal or both. It's a cleaning out of making way for the new light, clearing out the old. And this gives us a direction for preparing for light. See, the light of spirit, as we said, is always present. That light, that infinite, infinite, infiniteness, <laughs> that infinite presence is always present within and all around us. But the ways of the world, when we get wrapped up into that, I like that song, the, the line of that uh, song they just sang, when we get into the fast lane, the noise you know, catches us up and we forget to listen. The ways of the world have made us a, a bit crusty in terms of our ability to perceive the always present light. I know none of us, but you know people that are crusty. The path of preparation is the path of release. The path of preparation is the path of letting go. It, it's, uh, Emerson reminds us this with one of my favorite quotes, the uh, letting go of our, uh, setting aside our bloated nothingness, uh, getting our bloated nothingness out of the way of the flow of the divine circuits. That's the quote, getting our bloated nothingness out of the way of the flow of the design, divine circuits. And our bloated nothingness is our ideas of right, wrong, of how it is, of my way, which is always taking us away from the light. It's always in the way of perceiving the light. When I'm so full of my own running down the road, trying to loosen my load, to, to quote uh, um, uh, some friends of mine a long time ago, uh, we, are, we are not listening to the infinite presence within us. In the Plato's cave category, uh, allegory, excuse me, when one first attempts to look away from the shadows that are being projected onto the cave wall, and one turns around and looks back, the first thing one sees, can only see is the fire. It's so bright. And you can't see the objects that are being reflected or uh, the, that are making the shadows on the wall. And so the shadows, we turn, turn back around, and the shadows seem so much more real. In our experience, it's much easier to claim that it's, it's those things out there and those people out there, and I'm pointing at a couple of you on this screen, that, that, that are the source of either our pain or our pleasure. It's that out there. It's those shadows out there. But the power of the universe is constantly flowing through us, and we are creating 
through our decisions, through our choices, we tell it how to show up in our lives. And it just says the only thing that the universe ever says, which is, yes, it just does. And it responds not to our wishes, not to our thoughts we hold for five minutes while we spend the other 24 hours and 55 minutes of the day holding contrary thoughts. It responds to our deep-seated and often unconscious beliefs. It responds to who we are, not who we tell it to be. Who am I? We have a class we call Mental Equivalence, and there's a section in, in uh, the Science Mind textbook on mental equivalence, which is what's my normal? That's what will show up. In, uh, in the story of A Christmas Carol, Scrooge has, uh, as he encounters the ghost of Christmas yet to come, and, he, and he's already had a little preparation, right? He's, had, he's encountered Jacob Marley, his former employee, now dead. And he's had uh, a visitation by the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present, which is sort of shaking him up, you know, prepared him for this. And he finally says, men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. If we want to change our future, we must change our present. We must depart from the courses that have brought us to the places we don't want to be and choose something new. Ernest Holmes points us in a direction for this when he says, thought which is built upon a realization of the divine presence. Take that in. Thought built upon a realization of the divine presence has the power to neutralize negative thought, to erase it, just as light has the power to overcome darkness, not by combating darkness, but by being exactly what it is, light. We don't have to fight with our old thoughts. We don't have to fight with our old beliefs. We have to simply be the light that each of us already is. Ernest describes this as building thought. It could also be described as releasing all the thought that isn't of that divine presence and letting the light be the light within us. When we break free of what Don Miguel Ruiz calls the, the metote or the collective hypnotism, we move out of the cave into the light. And the light itself doesn't move, doesn't need to change. The light is just being the light. What needs to change is me, is you, is us. We need to change. The divine presence is just being. It just is. We say that we don't use prayer to change God. We use prayer to change ourselves. It's the only thing that needs to be changed because God already is whole, complete, and perfect. So this is the purpose of preparation for the light, to clean up and clear out our house, our own consciousness, to make way for that, to, to allow that to shine more brightly through us. And we find that this takes preparation. You know, if you're going to have a surgery, you know, you don't just walk into the doctor's office and say, hey, I got a pain. The doctor says, fine, just sit down and get, let me get a knife and I'm just going to cut you open and find out what that pain is. No, we do sur surgical preparation, they call it, right? We prepare. If you watch athletes, they prepare for their event. 
you know, if you, you know, right now I, I'm happy with football, you know, because my ducks won yesterday. So I'm happy with it. The players prepare for a week or more ahead of time. They prepare. And then even on the day of the game, they're doing exercises, they're doing stretching, they're warming up, they're doing all their stuff. They prepare for the game. So we must do this preparation. See, and I can't clean up your house. Sorry. I know you'd like to hire it done, but this is one you have to do yourself, you know, and, and, the, and you can't clean up my house, you know, no matter what. We, we can, however, inspire and encourage and support each other, but ultimately we have to do our own prep. I had a teacher who used to say, you can't build muscles watching me lift weights. We have to do the work. Each of us finds the light through our own way. And usually that way is the letting go of how it should be and the letting go of my way. I hate that. The world should run my way. Except that all of you have a slightly different my way that you want the world to run by too. And then we just bang into each other and it would not be pretty. You know, the Buddha had to let go of, of the path of the mendicant, the path that was, that was the supposed way to enlightenment. You know, you do years and years and years and lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes of, of living as an ascetic, denying yourself everything. He had to let go of that path. The Maccabees in Jewish history in, 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 the, um, in the story of Hanukkah had to let go of their idea of how long a candle could burn with the amount of oil they had. Jesus had to be cl baptized, cleansed, and prepared by another, and later he had to die, which is a, the ultimate letting go, at least on this physical form, in order to step into the fullest expression of life. We have to let go. We have to let go. Humility. Humility, which is the recognizing that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, that the way is greater than my way is the key to preparation. It's the key to this. It's the key to getting our bloated nothingness out of our way. Being humble in spirit, be, you know, being meek in spirit, is letting go of my way and listening to that higher consciousness, letting go to the way of that higher consciousness by whatever name we give it. And then this allows us to live in harmony and in alignment with that higher power. And that higher power naturally expresses as good, as love, as life energy, as everything we think we want. It's already there expressing, but we're usually in the way of it. It takes commitment and it takes willingness to do this preparation. The Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree for 90 days and he sat down and he said, I am not leaving this place until I understand how to relieve human suffering. It's kind of like, I'm either going to get the answer or I'm going to die. In the Gospel of Luke, he has, Luke has Mary say, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the meekness of his handmaid. Our souls magnify the Lord, the, 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 the infinite presence. In the Tao Te Ching, it says, when the master, when the, the leader governs, the people are hardly aware he exists. Our call is to be less of our ego self and more of the spirit that we truly are. And that is the stepping into the light. And the light is not out there. 
the light we're stepping into is the light that's already within here. Yeah, it's out there too, but it's the light that's within us and then shines out from us. So this week, two practices. First, take some inspiration from the Gospel of Mark. Make ready the way of the Lord and straighten his highways. And the straightening we do and the readying we do is within us. And that means take deepen in your meditation, deepen in your visioning, listening to, to the, the answer to the question of what is it that spirit as me, what's the life that it wants to live as me? What is spirit's highest idea of my life? Spend time listening to that inner wisdom self, that song, listen. Spend time this week deep in deep, deep listening. I love this time of year because you can walk out into nature and you start to hear and feel the stillness more deeply than you can in summer where everything's all busy. It's a wonderful time to listen. And then secondly, practice being humble. Practice being humble. Notice when that bloated nothingness sneaks in. Because it will. It does. But when it does, choose higher thoughts. Choose the light instead. So that's our two spiritual practices. Make ready the way of the Lord and be humble. Are we good with that? Thumbs up if you are. Two thumbs up in some cases. Great. Thank you. I'm going to close with a quote from Ernest Holmes who says, if one will have faith in themselves, faith in their fellow man, faith in the universe, and faith in God, that faith will light the place in which one finds themselves. And by the light of this faith, they will be able to see that all is good. And he wrote that all is good in all caps. All is good. And the light shed by this faith will light the way for others. We become conscious of darkness only when we are without faith. For faith is ever the light of our day and the light on our way, making that way clearly visible to us, even when to all others it may be beset with obstacles and the ongoing rough. Prepare for that light that is already within you. So if you'll say that affirmation with me, I do the work to prepare more deeply for the light. One more time, I do the work to prepare more deeply for the light. And so it is. Let us take a breath and move into prayer. And recognize that light. That light that goes by so many names, infinite presence, God, Tao, Allah, Allahu. Mm, so many names. That presence is all, all, all there is. Let me say it again. All there is, is that one that is pure good, that is pure love, that is life energy, that is the creator, the originator of life energy and everything that follows from that. It is this beingness, this benevolent beingness 
that is in support of itself. And since all there is, is itself, everything is in support of the highest and greatest expression of the divine. We are not just parts of an infinite presence. We are the infinite presence individualizing as each of us. We are that in unique individualized form. And knowing that that is the truth, knowing that that, knowing that, that is the truth, we are each emanations of that light already. And so I speak my word that this week, this month, this year, this lifetime, we blow out all the bloated nothingness that's been in the way and allow ourselves to be absolute beacons of light. That idea of beacon of light almost always shows up when we vision for the highest idea for Center for Spiritual Living of Olympia. We are, each of us individually and all of us collectively are that beacon of light, that light of the divine. And so let us say yes to that. Let us let go of all the gunk that's been in the way and just put it all down. It doesn't mean anything. It's worthless. And just let it go. Let ourselves shine in the warmth and the beauty and the love and the power and the grace and the glory that that light, which is us, is. And I am grateful for each of us who simply say yes, say yes to this light, say yes to this love, say yes to this harmony. And as we say yes, the universe says right, yes right back. And so we release this word into a law that expresses it, that shines it forth, that blossoms it out into form and experience in, through, and as our lives individually and collectively. And that is the nature of the law. That is what it does. It takes what we put into it and manifests it out. And so we put in light and good and love and wholeness and harmony and perfect flow. And that's what we get. And so it is.